Amaravati is called the deathless realm. It's the translation of the word Amaravati, the place of deathlessness. In his dialogue with the student Mogaraja, and Mogaraja asked the Buddha, how can one effectively, most easily evade the king of death? The Buddha said it was through seeing that the world is empty. If you see that the world is empty, Mogaraja, then the king of death will not be able to find you. How do we see the the world as as empty? How do we, in this way, really live in Amravati, the deathless realm? How do we find that? It's not just up the end of a lane in Great Gadsden. But the genuine Amravati, the genuine deathless realm, how do we find that? Seeing the world as empty is essentially retraining the senses, retraining the attitude of mind to see the the field of experience, the perceptions of this body, physical sensations, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, thoughts and emotions, memory, imagination, the feelings of I and me and mine, to see them as transparent, as a shape, but no substance. Like a beam of sunlight coming through the the windows of of the temple. It has a shape, but no substance. You can walk through a beam of sunlight, and it doesn't obstruct you. Light has no weight, no solidity. It's there, but you can see through it. It's the light that enables the seeing. So with the development of insight, Insight meditation is retraining the attitude of mind, retraining the perceptions. Looking at this body, rupa, physical form, our own physical body, the the physical body of the temple, the earth, the trees, the land, the buildings, people. Rupa, physical form. In his reflections on this, the Buddha said that rupa is like a a lump of foam floating on the surface of a river. Might seem like a big pile of stuff, a big lump of stuff, but there's no substance there. 
Rupa is like a, a lump of foam floating on a river. The bubbles on the sink when you're doing the, the washing up. They have a shape, but then you can put your hand straight through it. There's no solidity, no substance there. So for each of the five khandhas, each of these five aspects of body and mind, the Buddha gives the same kind of uh, perspective. There's a form, there's an appearance, but no solidity, no substance, nothing fundamentally there, no thing fundamentally there. So rupa, the body, is like a lump of foam, lump of foam floating on a river. So vedana, feelings, physical sensations. So just like a, when the heavy rain falls and the raindrop lands on the surface of a pond, it forms a bubble. Yesterday we had a, a big rain. When those heavy raindrops hit the surface of a, of a puddle or a pond, as a bubble, it forms a, a round shape, a spherical shape. But again, that's fleeting. There's no substance there. There's a, a round shape, but it pops. It's gone. So Vedana, sensation, feeling, it's like a water bubble. Sanya, perception. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. It's like a mirage in the desert. Seeing a hazy shape in the air of a tree or buildings. A pond, an oasis. It looks like there's something there, but there is no thing there. It's just patterns of light, color and form. There's an appearance but no substance. Sankara, emotions, intentions, decisions, memories, ideas, imagination. So these are like the, the stem of a, of a banana tree, a plantain, like a, a leek or an onion. You peel away the leaves and there's no stalk, there's no wood, there's nothing solid at the center. It's just one leaf wrapped around another. When you peel all the leaves away, there's no onion, no leek, no banana tree. It's only the, the leaves wrapped around each other that give it the form. Vinyana, consciousness, discriminative consciousness, like a conjuring trick, like a magician performing a trick. It looks like he really has a bunch of flowers in his pocket, but that's just the appearance. It looks like that ball that was there vanished. But it didn't really. It was just an appearance, a seeming. Oh, in that description that the Buddha gives, it's summed up quite quickly. 
simply. But it's a lot of work. And we're hungry. If put the food in our mouth or something that, that we like the taste of, seeing that taste is empty, sanya, like a mirage, it's kind of difficult. Physical pain in the meditation, your, your back is aching, or your knees are on fire. To see that Vedana is just like a water bubble, it's, it's hard work, difficult to do. It seems so real. This body, the shape it has, the size it has, seems so real. So this is the work of insight meditation, is changing our vision, changing the way of seeing. That takes effort. To challenge the habits of this body is solid, it's me, it's what I am. These sensations, they're real. This pain is real. This pleasure is real. It's true, it's actual. The work of insight, meditation, vipassana, is challenging that. It's that development of that inquiry, that question. Is that so? This taste that seems so good, so real, it does taste good. It is beautiful. Is that so? This is my memory. I remember that summer holiday. This English summer weather reminds me. I remember. I was there. That was my childhood. I remember. Seems so real. So solid. So personal. Oh, it takes work to challenge that. Patiently, steadily saying, Is that so? Is that a sure thing? Is this really solid? Is there really something there? Is this just a seeming? Is this just the appearance? Or developing the quality of insight, vipassana, is steadily, patiently, over and over and over. In the formal practice, here in the temple or walking meditation paths, but also around and about when we're eating our food or sitting in our room, just walking from one place to another to challenge those perceptions. This body seems so solid, so much me. That face in the mirror is so familiar. The color of the skin. The shape of your nose. Your fingernails. Brushing your teeth. It seems so real, so normal, so personal, so ordinary. So it takes a lot of effort to remember. To see things in this different way to shift the perception, to challenge. My teeth seem so solid. Are they really who and what I am? Do they really have an owner? These memories, the sensations of the body, the things that I find ugly 
Wrong. It's a horrible color. I hate that. It's awful. To notice this is just seeing. Can we recognize that as a mirage? Just an empty form with no substance. His memories. My life, my story. My achievements. My sorrow. My loss. To change the perception. To challenge that. To develop the reflections on emptiness. This memory, is there really anything there? Or is it just a pattern of consciousness arising, taking shape, dissolving? This sadness or this pride, this aversion, this judgment, approving, disapproving? Can the perception be shifted so that this is the feeling of approving? That's all. Is it solid? Is it real? Is there something really there? Or is this just the experience of approving, saying, yes, I like you. This is good. Can disapproval, I don't like you, this is wrong. Can that be seen as empty? A form, but with no substance. When this change of perception, this say, developing the anicca sanya, perception of uncertainty, impermanence, change, instability, when that's developed, this perception of emptiness, sunyata, the empty, insubstantial nature of things, He's also challenged that habit of self-creation. This is my mind. I feel, I think, I remember. My body. My story. Who I am. When the perception of uncertainty, instability is really seen, that directly challenges those feelings of I and me and mine. When we talk about emptiness, most often in the Pali Canon, it means empty of self and what belongs to a self. This is how the Buddha defines it sometimes. When the word empty, sunya, is used, what does it mean, sunya, empty? The Buddha replies, empty of self and what belongs to a self. So the insight into emptiness is very closely connected to Anatta, not self. When there's a memory or a plan, what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, challenge that. Who's going to go? Who remembers? Who was there? Who does this memory belong to? Does it have an owner? What's this I that is the doer, the owner? one who seems to be the, the one who possesses these thoughts, these feelings, these emotions, these memories. What shape does that I have? Where is it? What is it? 
These kind of questions, when asked in a skillful, clear, reflective way, they burst that bubble. In the light of this wisdom, self-view can't sustain itself. It pops like a bubble. In that development of wisdom, clear seeing, the moment the heart recognizes it's just remembering. It's just a memory, a pattern of experience arising and passing. It doesn't have an owner. There's a direct knowing, a direct appreciation of that selfless quality. This memory, just like the perception of a, the color of a cloud or the shape of a leaf, a pattern of sunlight on the floor. It's just a shape, a form. It's not personal. In that moment of clear seeing, as that self-view pops, breaks up, what is the quality of the citta, the heart, when self-view is dropped? In that moment where self-view has no no substance. It's not given any reality. What's the quality of the heart? How is it? It's awake. It's knowing. In that moment, the heart free of grasping, free of identification, there's simplicity, openness, peacefulness, wakefulness, that's all. It's not a person. The mind is not a person. It's Dhamma. The mind is Dhamma, not a person. It knows personal qualities arising and passing, being female, being male, being old, being young, comfortable, uncomfortable, happy, unhappy. Those feelings arise and pass, but that which knows those feelings, that which knows the personal, is not a person. It's awake. There's not much more that can be said. That which knows the person is not a person. Reflect. Trust that. Let that be the basis for life, for experience. Let the personal arise and pass without identification, without grasping. See the result of that. Purity, simplicity, peacefulness. <laughs>